Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. So we were going to talk about how parenting has made you forgetful, but we forgot all of our examples. Yeah, you wanted me to say something about that I'm getting forgetful like you are, and you originally thought that was from something else, but you've realized it's from parenting because now I have it. Yes. But we, we don't know what the... I thought I had like ADD or I had, you know, just the result of being raised in a difficult home environment and can't really focus on anything because I'm generally trying to be hyper aware of everything. And now it turns out that you're becoming forgetful too. And It's not just that I walked in the other room, what was I doing thing? No, it's a consistent pattern of behavior, never quite knowing what's going where or where did I leave my or... Too bad we can't remember our examples. They were good. They were good examples. <laughs> As you'd say, we should talk about that when I do these things. Yes. And I'd promptly forget that yes. as well. So uh -huh. there you go. Yeah, well. Well, we'll have to write them down next time. Yes, we mm -hmm. will. So instead, we decided to talk about God and stuff, because apparently our listeners want to hear more about that. It's one of the top things on our survey after well, guests and interviews. And so we thought we would talk about a faith topic leading into a guest interview. We, we host a Bible study. Yes, we do. He says with a very perplexed look on his face. Sometimes I think the people at my house are saying thank you when they're leaving are almost as confused as me that they're at my house and I don't go to your Bible study. No, you don't go to the Bible study. Sometimes you stay at the house and you putz around and do things, and other times you find opportunities to go other places and do other things and take your personal time. But it was kind of an adventure getting to the point of hosting the Bible study at our house anyway. You sent me a text. You were at your your Bible study group. Uh-huh. And you can explain a little bit about how it how it got to where it was, but let, if I don't finish this part, I'll forget it again. So <laughs> um, you sent me a text and said, we're talking about moving the Bible study to people's homes. At least that's what I thought it said. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well, you guys have already, you know, done this kind of stuff before with yeah. your church for a little while. So I was like, okay, well, that means you guys will come to our house too. I didn't think that meant you coming to our house exclusively. <laughs> so, you know, and then you said something about our house, and I was like, sure, whatever, because that's fine. Mm -hmm. And um, lo and behold, everybody's at my house every week. They are. Yeah. <laughs> they are. And this started, you know, a couple of years ago when I was attending a church that was at the time falling apart after the pastor had retired. We hadn't been able to find an adequate replacement. The pastor had been bivocational, was also a... A student, too. Yes, and was finishing another degree and had a whole lot of things on their plate. Her, her wife was sick. Her wife was sick and she was a cancer survivor. So she had to take good care of her own health as well. And 
she retired from the ministry with the intent that after she retired from her other positions, that she would probably return to ministry. But in the meanwhile, our church was having a hard time finding an adequate replacement. And so it was sort of kind of being absorbed by another congregation that met in the same building and from whom we were renting the space. And long story short, the kids program wasn't good there. I had started taking the kids other places because it was unreliable was what it was. It wasn't a bad program. It had been gone for a really, really long time. Was it even happening at that point? At that point, no, it wasn't. I was taking the kids there and just giving them screens and snacks to and by eat a long quiet time. For I an mean, hour. I mean, like over a year, it seemed. Uh, I don't know if it was quite that long, but yeah, they had been having trouble staffing the kids' ministry, the pastoral pulpit. They they were having trouble putting bodies in leadership. Mm-hmm. So I had started taking the kids to other queer-friendly congregations in town, and I'm kind of amazed at how many there actually are. I guess that's part of being in the West, and, you know, it's it's much more common now for congregations to be welcoming of everyone, even if they are a little bit edgy about it. They'll still say, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And so I was taking the kids to other churches that had programs and not really finding one that felt comfortable, then your best friend's wife was losing her ministry position, which she has had for decades, I believe, yeah? I think not necessarily consistently, but she has been involved with that particular ministry in some way, shape, or form for a a couple few decades. So she was having difficulty because she is personally supportive of the queer community. But the ministry of which she is a part or of which she had been a part was not supportive of the queer community. Well, and then they had taken a stance that they would be supportive, but in that way of, you can be queer, but you can't act queer. Yeah, and it was, it was she a, thought that that was a lonely position to put somebody in. Yes, they were basically, they were supportive of what's called side B, that you can be who you are, but you can't actually have a relationship with anyone. That you can have a sexuality, but you can't... Use it. Use it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which she didn't agree with, but she was willing to, at that point, sort of put her own personal beliefs aside while she worked for this organization in order to hopefully she thought work towards change well and and then there was a point where she didn't feel she could put her beliefs aside and 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 nonetheless they didn't want that they said no you can't do it your way right So at that point, they decided that for her to be personally supportive of the queer community, but not professionally supportive of the queer community, also having had her husband being the officiant at our wedding, Mm -hmm. which at the time you were identifying as my wife. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I still am. Sometimes you still are. Mm -hmm. He's my wife. Mm -hmm. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. 
the conservative Christian community had started to identify both of them, your best friend and his wife, with this gay-affirming Christianity that they did not support. So... So as all this was happening, they were trying to figure out what to do with this when they still had a number of their, you know, ministry supporters, people who donated to her ministry and were willing to continue donating to her ministry with or without the parent organization. I didn't know that, but okay. And she decided that she wanted to try and start up a queer Bible study. Mm Mm-hmm. For all these people who had come out of that organization and were wanting to express all the aspects of their identity, their faith, their sexuality, their gender identity, every bit of who they were as being welcomed by God. Yeah. And so they did. They started up a Bible study at the church they were attending, which is across town from us. Mm Mm-hmm. So we started by meeting in a tiny little church building across town. I sort of saw it as, well, I'm being kicked out of this position because of my position on queer, so now I'll just go hang out with all of them. So there. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Because I feel like this is a bigger deal than to just accept it and trot on in some other direction. Right. I feel like if it's that big of a deal, then I'm just going to go ahead and have a big deal out of it and right. address the whole issue. It's no good. And have a Bible study with the queers. And and so the two of them started leading this Bible study, and we would sort of hand off the leadership duties who was going to direct the discussion on any given night, and they had kind of, sort of hired somebody to do child care and actually try and teach a lesson, but I'm still kind of feeling frustrated about the fact that there still isn't really any lesson happening. They made some art last time. They did make art. I don't know what they learned from the art. I don't know. They seem like they used to make art in all the other classes, too, at the churches. Yeah. And come home with some funky-looking art. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they do. I bring it to work, and my work wife is like, what's this? And I'm like, that's one of those things you hang on the door. And yes, it has a puppy and... Jesus is on the cross. There you go. (laughs) Yes, let's see. It's got a heart and a crucifix and a puppy, and it says pray. Mm -hmm. And you hang it on your door. That's, yeah, it's some weird stuff. Mm -hmm. But ideally, there's some sort of lesson that they're learning about it, some sort of story from the Bible or some sort of... Not that Moral they could tell us. idea. Well, at some of those other programs that we took them to, they could. Okay. But not, not with this Bible study. But even so, it was nice that I could take the kids and they could have some hangout with other kids time and I could have some hangout with other queer Christians time and you could have some don't hang out with anybody time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me smile when I think of that. Yeah, (laughs) I would take the children away and you would have an hour to yourself on Sunday night. Yeah, it was over an hour because of the driving and then you had to go on alternate weekends, pick up the other kids. Yes. Although a bunch of the weekends when there was just one boy here, he would just stay with me. Yes, he would. I'd let him watch TV because 
the other kids were at their dad's and he'd been at mommy's and he tends to get up too early there. And so anyhow, mm-hmm. every other weekend I'd have an hour of peace and quiet. Yes, you would. And it was nice, except that I had to drive all the way across town and I would have to leave at like four o'clock to either pick up or make sure that I transported safely my contribution to the potluck. And I wasn't really feeling like it was terribly valuable to me, but I felt like it was something I should participate in and be a part of because I should support this community. Plus, I I mean, I would think the other drive would be, you haven't had a, a church in a long time. Yes. You know? That was your thing when I met you and and for a long time after that. Yes. And I have missed having a church because, yes, it was about two years ago that I had stopped attending the one that is now defunct. And actually, some of the members of that church have been absorbed into our current Bible study. Mm-hmm. But it's not a church. It is a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so I was missing some of that experience. Even so, I still felt like it was something that I should be supporting. But I was resenting the drive, and I was resenting the lack of actual lessons and the lack of consistency with the person who had been hired to do child care. Mm-hmm. They were not terribly reliable. So then we were talking. We had done this for a few months, and we were committed to do this for, I think, the initial term was four months or six months or something that we had all sort of committed. Yes, let's get this started. And at the end of the year, come January, we'll discuss what we want to do about it. And do we want to keep meeting at the church? Do we want to keep the time the same? Do we want to keep the pattern of study the same? Do we want to keep our methods and our process and what else could be more beneficial to the people participating. And one of the things that people said was it would feel more like a community if we were in a home. This goes back to, you know, what used to be called the small group movement, Mm -hmm. where a lot of these big churches would have home meetings throughout the week because people actually wanted to get to know each other instead of just sitting in a pew once a week. And they said, if we're going to have a Bible study, we should have it in a home. And we can still have the potluck, and we can share the leadership duties like we've been doing. And I felt like driving all the way across town when there isn't a comfortable or convenient way to get there was frustrating to me. And I enjoy being hospitable. I enjoy welcoming people into my home, which I know you have learned to tolerate. (laughs) I like having people over and we do have friends over on a fairly regular basis. Two or three times a month, we try and invite somebody over your best friend or our lawyer friend or some other social interaction. Right. And so they said, well, if we're going to have it at a home, it has to be in a home that's big enough for all of us. And there are mm, about 20 people who participate, although generally only about 10 of them show up on any given day. Mm -hmm. And the couple who leads this, your best friend and his wife, do not have a big house. No. Their house is small. Yes. And pretty much everybody else who participates has a fairly small house. Or apartment or something. Yes. So our place is big. 
And I did. I texted you and I said, we're talking about meeting in houses. And you said, okay. And I said, how do you feel about hosting it in our house? And you said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and as we were having this text conversation, the Bible study in general was saying, well, I don't know where we'll go. And I said, well, I'm sure that, you know, we have enough room, but I'm not sure how my husband will feel about this. And so let me text him. And I showed the phone when you texted back. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I showed it to your best friend and he said, oh, well, that's good. <laughs> And we, we do have this convenient split living room. We do, and it's kind of great because we have, like, an area that would be a dining room, except that it's way bigger than we need for a dining room, and so we take up a little bit of the space that's closest to the kitchen with a dining room, and the rest of it sort of makes a second living room. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to have the adults in one living room and the kids in the other living room. and It's good, yeah, because you can still know what's going on but not be bothered the whole time with it. Yeah. While you guys are trying to talk about stuff. And so we have Jesus people in my house once a week. Queers and... Queer que Jesus people, yeah. Queer Jesus people and supporters. Allies. Allies, that's the word I wanted. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have expressed interest a couple times in participating, but I think your introversion gets the better of you. I did? Yeah, the other day when I was actually leading it, when I had the discussion leadership duties and I had made up my study guide and my... Last, yeah, last time, last week. Yes. Well, you know, I had gone to, when you or my friend did the sermon at your church when there was no pastor. Yes. I would, sometimes I'd go to those out of support and curiosity. So that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, my wife is doing her thing today. And and the other thing was, I, I probably was getting sick because I didn't want to go anywhere. No, you didn't. I didn't want to go sit at the coffee place, even though I would be all by myself. Yeah. Which is typically desirable. Um, <laughs> but I thought I probably should visit my mom. I just, I felt too tired to bother doing anything. And I thought, well, I'll just stay here. And so, so I came and sat out there a little bit while I was eating I do take advantage of the potluck. You do. You do. There's, that's that's fair. There's gluten-free things there, and it's and good for me. So Even though the Jesus thing has not typically been your faith path, you are accepting of it. And yes, you have come, like when I preached at church, or when your best friend preached at church, or when we are leading things, you do want to be supportive, and you are willing to be a participant. My friend is a Jesus guy, which I just thought was the weirdest thing ever when I found that out. But he's a really great guy, and he practices what he preaches. Yes, he's not a hypocrite, and he's not some right. jerk who takes the Bible like most people take a end-user license and don't actually read the whole thing, just click, yes, I agree to it. Mm -hmm. No, he actually reads it and actually does it. He does, and he's a kind person. And he's a smart person. And that's kind of the other problem that I've had with faith communities in general, whether it's church or Bible study or anywhere else, is that you often end up in these faith communities with a lot of people who can't quite figure out what to believe, and so they'll let somebody else tell them. Well, and then, then you get the people who are not kind 
and considerate in practicing what they preach or yes. what they're being preached about. They're, they're buying into the, what they're being preached about, but they're not practicing. Right. So the fact that your friend is a kind person and an intellectual person, I find the two of them to be very enjoyable company. So the consistency is really you because it's our house and them because they're leading the group. And then there's a bunch of other people that are there in some sort of unspoken rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other people with kids tend to come. And I think it's because it gives them an hour off from having kids. <laughs> uh, no, I think they're more like you. I think that they want somewhere suitable for their kids to be managed while they are having their God time. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I sat down to eat some food and then I was like, okay, this is just going to be way too much Jesus for me. I'm just going to go in the other room after all. <laughs> I just kind of forgot that it would be really that much Jesus. Because we actually like Jesus. Yes, you do. And we Which like... is, it's nice to like nice things, but I don't well, understand it. Different people, it's like we tell our small people all the time, mm -hmm. different people like different things, and that's okay. Yes, it is. Even though you would end up like number two and look at the Jesus lesson and say, Ew! <laughs> <laughs> I have more manners than he does. <laughs> so I just go do something else. We try and teach them that they need to respect other people's preferences. Yes. But he has a bad habit of telling other people that what they have is gross. And he doesn't understand that other people take that as insulting if you tell them that what they like is gross. I think he does understand it. I think he doesn't care. I, I think he tries to justify himself by, I didn't say you're gross. I just said your sandwich is gross. I think it's going to be a battle, but we'll keep fighting it. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, so that you guys have your Jesus time. We do. We have Jesus time at my house once a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you enjoyed that. I'm glad that you appreciate my enjoyment of it. I wish I could get a little bit more, but there's only so many hours in a week and our kids suck up too many of them. Yes, they do that. And our kids are more time consuming. Mm -hmm. I yeah. often try to fool myself out of that and think it's just something I'm doing or whatnot. But I saw like some lady with some little kid when I was going to the store the other day and she was walking like, you know, the, these little outside mall type things, but they're not malls. They're just like a grocery store and a bunch of other stores. And she had one of those small people that doesn't look like they should be able to walk yet, walking, and they were just going to the store and they were chilling. Yeah. And I thought some of these kids spend a lot of time in shopping carts and hanging out with their mom. And and their moms actually enjoy it. There would be none of that. No. There's no managing a kid, even if he did still fit in a shopping cart. No. I'm thinking of the boys. We might be able to fold up one and put them in the big part. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably like that too much, number one would. Yeah, as long as he had his phone. <laughs> he wouldn't care what else happened. No, he wouldn't, but oh well. Anyhow. He also, oh, that's the other thing about the Jesus time is that number one has been a snot about it. 
Has he been every time? Because I, I wasn't here until last time. Well, here's what happened. The first couple times that I took him, I told him, he, you can go down with the small people and be part of their lesson, or you can be upstairs and you can be part of our adult lesson. And I'll let you decide, you know. And he used to go to church with you, and you said that when you had found, the at that time, the new church, which he was probably like nine then, mm-hmm. uh, that he was glad to go back to church. He was, and he liked that church. And then his father is terribly homophobic, and the church that his father attends are not welcoming of the queer community. And number one had a personal religious objection to our marriage. Mm -hmm. So the fact that now he recognizes that I am only participating in faith experiences that are welcoming of the queer community, he takes personal objection to those experiences now. And I've told him that he needs to be appropriately social. And if he chooses to withhold his moral or emotional support of whatever he agrees or disagrees with, that he needs to learn how to get along in a variety of situations, regardless of whether or not he likes the situation. That's just a life skill. Yeah, I I remember that when you went to the first one, you said he was stuck to his screen and you instructed him he was no longer to pray to the Church of Nintendo. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) That's about it. And the next couple times he had gone to the Bible study at the little church building, he had sort of sat off on the side and did the sullen teenager, I'm going to make it very clear that I don't want to be here. I, I don't think any of that has just to do with his dad's church choice. It has to do with he likes to give you a hard time because he sides with his father. He's protective of his father. Mm-hmm. And then the main component is he can't have his screens during this time. And that's yeah. what he's really mad about. True. And so the first time he was part of the Bible study here at the house, he sat in the corner of the room with a screen. The following time he was part of the Bible study, since he's here every other weekend, he stayed in his room most of the time. Neither of which are what you instructed him to do. No. And so last time you were here. I was here, so I rode his ass. I'm like, no, man, get out here. No, you're not going to sit somewhere else. Your mother said to do this. And you're going to do what you're, you're supposed to. Or you could just not have your phone for the rest of the day. Thank you. And And I appreciate that. Well, I just don't see any use of having a rule if I'm not going to enforce it, you know? Mm -hmm. If I have it, I must have it for a reason. Why would I ignore it? And he was going to, you know, make sure to ignore it because you were busy because you were in charge of leading the group. leading the group that day, yeah. And so um, I chased him back out of his room and I told him to put his phone away. And when I told him to do that, he put, you know, under the table. And I said, no, that's not how you're going to put the phone away. (laughs) And then he went and hid in the bathroom behind the door. You know, he's standing there behind the door by the sinks. Oh, and I, I said, look, you're going to either give that to me or put it in the hallway until this is over. Right. And he started shouting at me in his autistic shout. Where Which he, he's, he's, is not really shouting, but it's this increase, not just of volume, but of pitch. And he gets really kind of high pitched and it's a really strained voice. And He's very angry. He sounds very, very angry. He, he sounds completely unbalanced, but... He sounds manic is what he sounds like. He sounds manic and angry and 
threatened and so defensive. And anyway, and I, I said to him, you're getting a little loud with me. And he stopped and he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, so you can do what I asked, please. And he went and did it. He put the phone down in the hallway. And I have to say, to his credit, the fact that he was able to recognize when you pointed out that his behavior was not going to benefit him or anyone else and that he needed to change his approach. Yeah, I didn't do it with all those words like you do. No. Because you're good at that with him, which he's, he responds well to. Mm-hmm. Un- unlike a lot of kids, he responds well to more verbiage. Yeah. But I was probably just looking at him kind of crazy right then, like, dude, you're getting a little crazy on me. I'm telling you to put the phone away while the church thing's going on. You know, I'm just looking at him like that. And I think he got that. And he is better. We're just going to prime him next time. That's what I talked to you about after. And I even have a reminder in my phone for next weekend when he's back home. One for Saturday that says, talk to number one child about Bible study tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And one for Sunday afternoon that says, take the phone away from number one child before Bible study. Yes. And I did tell him that that's what would be happening the next time. Mm-hmm. The next time he was here for Bible study, you or I would be holding on to his phone because he did not manage it well. Correct. And he, I don't want to say agreed with that. He acknowledged that in a pleasant way, mostly because I was not removing his phone from him right that moment. He won't yeah. be so pleasant on Sunday. No, he won't. But but that's what it is. In his, it helps with his autism to prep him. Yes, it does. Having advance notice of any sort of transition is generally beneficial for individuals uh, on the spectrum. I think it would be good for you to start talking to him a little bit about why this group is here. You know, the understanding of the reasons. So he's not just fighting against you because he's fighting against you. And so therefore he's fighting against the queers, but that he's understanding. And I think you can explain it to him in a way that he might not acknowledge he agrees with, but he might, you know, plant, you might plant a seed in there somewhere because he definitely understands being a different type of person Mm -hmm. that it's not okay in Jesus eyes to go around and judge everybody and treat them cruelly because they are different. It's not. He understands that and he doesn't want to be treated differently or cruelly. No. And that's where he really understands it. Yeah. And so he needs to have a better idea of... What this group is about and Yeah. Why. Give him... I mean, the thing is, at our house, give him a clue of why it's at our house and some sort of reality check of... We are different and discriminated against in much the same way that you are bullied because you are different. He won't agree with that. But I, I think that if you tell him the basis of it is, as Christians... As followers of Jesus, we do not believe that Jesus would judge people for being different. That I think he might connect with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you try to tell him how it is at his age, you're wrong no matter what you do. But if you say what you believe, he can't disagree with what you believe. He can not agree to believe the same thing, Mm -hmm. but he can't immediately reject it. That makes sense. Yeah. I think he should understand a little bit more about that because while he still has to put up with us, he should have some advantages of our approaches, which is not judging and rejecting people, especially while at church. Huh. Yeah. Having some of those seeds planted, Mm -hmm. who else is going to plant them? 
I mean, he's at our house a percentage of the time. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Go for it. I don't believe in the Jesus thing, but I believe the principles of it are true. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Is that it? It might be, because I have a little bit of a voice left, and it's going away. And you be- can stop talking now. Being a man, I'm just not going to recover today. I probably have to rest now. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! You think if you lean over, then I'll turn my head towards the microphone. Huh? <laughs> you're looking at me, and then if I lean towards the microphone, you'll look at talking the microphone. You are. You're the other person in the room, so I you am. know I forget. Don't look at. Don't yeah. Just look at the microphone. Sorry. And I know I probably have to really face the microphone because I don't have my voice. Sounds like it's not all there. No, it isn't all uh, there. You're a I'm, little bit sick. Today. I'm a little sick, and because I'm a man, I'm actually just entirely totally sick. Then because that's how this works. Because men are pansies about being sick. And there's actual research about why that is, but... Yeah, well... Anyway. Um, what was I saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all I remember is... (laughs) Nothing, apparently. (laughs) You always look like you're about to say something, and then you just take another swallow on your I'm just trying not to cough, that's all. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's alright, I'm listening. So are all not, of our friends. They might want to not, hear from you, too. I might not be retaining any of what you're saying, but I'm listening. This is what happens <laughs> when we podcast when you're sick. Well, that's sort of, to me, like saying no problem, indicating there, there was or would have been a problem. And so now I'm saying there is no problem. Oh, okay. So This is another discussion we've had that we had to hash out what the phrase no problem meant. Because I forget which one of us seemed to indicate that we thought it meant that there would otherwise be a problem. Well, this is back to the forgetting problem, so... (laughs) (laughs) 